Coming to you from the Eon Project Studios, overlooking the vast, pristine acreage of Primrose Village. Greetings from this hidden gem of the Blackstone Valley. You're listening to Experts of Nothing with Mike and Jay. That was a little muted there. Your, I, your intro. Muted? Yeah, did you know? It's, it's early. It is early. It's early for us today. Yeah, I have my morning voice. Early, sh- The early morning drive time show. My bedtime voice. That's that's a good voice you got there. Yeah, you think you like this? No, not that one. Oh. Welcome to another edition of the Eon Project, where we do things and try to make you laugh and all that good stuff. Hey, Mike. What's going on? What are you up to on this glorious day? Well, it is a uh, it is a nice day uh, in the summer. Yep. Uh, July. What July what? July July. 13th. Guess what today is? Oh, it's Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, the famous Triskaidekaphobia day. Oh, I'm so scared of 13. A day where everyone is scared for literally no reason, no reason that they can cite. No, but no for some particular reason, reason. For some reason it's considered unlucky. And you know, uh just we weren't planning on doing this, but discussing quickly the Friday the 13th uh movies. Yes, most people think that's where it comes from. That's where most people think it comes but from. It comes, well, obviously, it's way before that. That came from before that. And I don't think we're going to discuss you know, the origins of Friday the 13th today. But most people uh, uh, associate Friday the 13th with the movies. Mm-hmm. And I thought the movies were terrible. Did you like those movies when you were growing up? Well, I, it was like I, one of those forbidden things. I did for two reasons. One, because they were, uh, you know, it was that time in, in your life where you're young and yeah. you're easily frightened. Mm-hmm. So we'd get together as as youths would, youths. and we'd watch them. Plus, the and main character in the movie had my name, so oh yes. I could relate. Yes, that's true. And then you know what? We are going to talk about uh, our uh, during our halftime program today a, a horror movie theme uh, game. Oh, which I will reveal to you later. You don't know anything about what I'm going to do. I don't. I'm we, scared. We have a very fun game that's going to happen at the uh, at the halfway I'm scared point of the as, show. A, as a young boy. And then before we get into the, well, let's tease the topic for the day. Tease it. So today we are going to be discussing, and you know what? Today may be considered one of our more controversial mm, could uh, ep- be. episodes, because what we're going to do is we're going to delve into the world of paranormal investigations, but not necessarily in the way that you think we're going to. Mm. We're going to be very, very critical today of certain aspects of paranormal investigation, the way that it goes on and things that happen. And we have a lot of personal experience with, with folk in, right. that, in that in that uh, arena, if you will. And we'll explain a little bit more here uh, yeah. coming up. We're going to do that, and then we're going to talk about some of the high-tech gadgetry that's mm. used in paranormal investigations. We're going to talk about what they supposedly do, and then what they actually do, and mm. then what we think about what they do. That's right. If that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense to so me. So we're going to get into all that today. Last week we discussed QAnon, the QAnon, QAnon. It was a very popular show. It had a lot a lot of new listens. Did you, and I know you, have, you mentioned it, I think, in a previous episode, that you have stopped... Looking where folk are listening from, well, I, ha- I, I had to. I pulled it up, and I would I would like to say, oh, welcome on to Wil- our newest. Yep. Which I don't think that's the way they. I don't think that's <laughs> how you say it there. But uh, South Africa has been listening. That's right. Uh, we've got some listeners in South Africa, some more in Europe. Hey, a, f- a friend of mine, a coworker, uh, if you will, just came back from South Africa. Is that right? He went. He went on a South African safari adventure. Ooh. And, uh, well, it was quite interesting. I, he talked a little bit about it to what, me. Like, was he, like, killing animals, or was it, like, yep. a photo safari? Yep. Oh, was it his actual safari? It was an actual safari, because, and in, in, uh, if there's any animal lovers out there, don't worry. No. It's a it's a reserve specific to this sort of thing. It's I not see. like he was out there poaching the last uh, white rhino on Earth. Right. Um, well, you know, it's funny that you mention that, because I went on a safari once, uh, and as soon as I brought out my rifle, uh, I was told to leave, because Disney Disney World doesn't allow... Oh, uh, you can't hunt? No. You can't they, hunt there. They, they frown upon that. 
They have some good... It's some, at the Kilimanjaro Safaris at Animal Kingdom. Oh, I see. So Not allowed like a, to do that. It's like a simulated African uh, adventure. Yeah. I thought we were, you know, I thought we were going to bag a couple of rhinos and mm. uh, and maybe some gorillas or yeah, something. you've bagged a couple of rhinos in mm, your day, I, haven't I, you? Maybe I have. Okay. Well, anyway, so that's, that's what we're going to... We talked about QAnon, very popular episode. A lot of strange stuff with that. Um... And, and a lot of strange things, you know, a lot of strange things in, in happening in government right now. We're not going to get into that today, but it was a very interesting show. A lot of good feedback from it. So. I, I'd like to thank you for bringing me a hot beverage today. And yeah. I notice you're rattling your cubes yeah, here we around go. Listen, again. Listen to this. On a hot day such as this, I, wanted to, I want to briefly discuss a new beverage that I have discovered. Cubes. These are cubes. So, as you all know, well, as you may know, Dunkin' Donuts, the wonderful purveyors of fine coffees and donut pastries... Uh, is always coming up with new and exciting products. That, you know, they are. They're always coming up with something exciting and new. Right. And and uh, maybe a year, year or two ago, they came up with something called the Cold Brew, Ooh. which is a iced coffee which is steeped for 12 hours, supposedly, in the Dunkin' Donuts Frigidaires. Oh, how do you brew uh, coffee cold? Doesn't have to be I don't be, know uh, how you do it, but heated? the magicians at Dunkin' Donuts have found a way. Ah. In any case, the Cold Brew was really good. Mm-hmm. However... In an effort to top themselves, they have. And if they've come up with something called the brown sugar cold brew, Ooh. which I am enjoying today, it's cold, It's a brown sugar cold brew, black. Okay. And essentially what they do is they take the cold brew and they steep it and infuse it with brown sugar mm-hmm. throughout the the uh, the 12-hour overnight process. I see. So it's it's got a very mild brown sugar Hints. Are you new. sure it's real brown sugar no, and not I don't know flavorings it, I don't of know. some kind? I don't know what it is, but it's delicious. It's, mm, so it's, it spikes your insulin levels. If it was a socially acceptable, I would uh, be bathing in this. Do you have the beatus? I don't have the beatus, no. No? That's good. This, You know what? If you drank enough of this, you probably would get the beatus. You probably would. But I didn't add any sugar, so I'm not sure. You didn't add sugar? No. But there's some sort of sugar flavoring some, going on. No, it's steeped in brown sugar. I just what does that mean, steep? It just sits in it. You know what steeping it's steep. is? No, no steeping is like tea. the top of the mountain. Steep. No, you know what tea is? You put tea in a bag. That's and it puts steeping. In the... Yes, it is. When you make a cup of tea, you put it in a bag, and it sits in the hot water, it steeps. That's, that's, uh, that's, it's infusing itself yes, into the water. Yes, that's what steeping is, you momo. Well, whatever. Let's get into the topic before people lose it. Yeah, why don't you go? All right. So, this is a paranormal-themed show, but as Mike stated earlier, it's not the typical paranormal-themed show. And the reason we're doing this, we're not trying to, we're not trying to ruffle any feathers here. We although will, we though. may, We may. Yes. We, we consider ourselves skeptical believers here on the program, and we've talked about that before, right? Yes. So, Mike and I believe in the paranormal. We believe in uh, uh, strange uh, events. Sure. Uh, strange things that happen throughout the universe. Uh, unexplained uh, things. However... You have to take them with a little bit of skepticism because what happens is people uh, will lie. Of course. They will make stuff up. And that's the problem with the, with the paranormal. And that's why uh, mainstream science doesn't really get into it is because it's not one of the – it's not – it can't be uh, proven by the scientific method, right. which is, you know, you test something, you, you prove and, and, and you can prove it we're gonna and you can get repeat into it over that. and over again. We're going to get into that later specifically about science. But anyway. So that's why it's a difficult, it's a difficult thing to, um, to discover – Number one, when you're going out on these investigations, mm-hmm. uh, because it's not it's not a repeatable series of events. So you hope to catch something, uh, and we have caught stuff. And and, yeah. and believe it or not, there are things out there that we just don't understand. Correct, but we don't know what they are. And no. I think what what a lot of a lot of people are turned off by so called paranormal investigators. And I'm going to talk about that for just a moment, if I may, because I have a question for you. What's an investigator, Jason? Uh, well, an investigator is a is a a person or persons who uh, is going out and looking into the truth of an event. No, it's an alligator wearing a vest. 
an investigator. Oh, my God. That was no. horrible. <laughs> no, but you're right. So for many, many years now, large amounts of people who have had interest in the paranormal, specifically ghosts, uh, have anointed themselves as quote-unquote investigators. They love to call themselves that. Mm. And they put it on business cards and, and they do all that, you know. But to me, being an investigator entails more than just you coming up with a, a fancy-sounding name and proclaiming to be an expert in something. To me, it means that you're, like you said, you're somebody that's looking into a matter and you approach it in an impartial matter, impartial manner. Would you sure. say that that's probably something that you need to have? I mean, ideally speaking, that's that's what you need in an investigation. Sure. You can't be biased one way or the other. No. You can't go into it, looking into a matter with a preconceived notion about what, what you're going to find other, because you'll, you'll be tainting the results of your investigation. Right? And you don't want to do anything with your taint. No. Many people who are actually real-life investigators who've earned that title through years of professional work, whether it's in law enforcement, uh, the public sector, public, uh, private investigations, or whatever, uh, would take offense to these people calling themselves investigators mm. because, uh, and we've had experience with uh, some of these people, uh, you know, they put LED lights on their head and they go traipsing on our graveyard, they call themselves an investigator. That doesn't make you anything, it makes you stupid. But, so th- I just wanted to get that out there with, sure. about the term that people throw around loosely, right. I'm an investigator, no, you're a moron. Right, and, and Mike and I ourselves, you know, we've had some positive and some negative experiences with this sort of thing, so... Um, you know, going back many moons ago, uh, we decided to take upon uh, the adventure of putting one of these groups together. And, yeah, and I think we we approached it in, in, in a way of, because um, we had real world investigative experience and in, in the areas of criminal investigations and so on. And so to bring some of those principles to, to bear in the paranormal world, we thought would be an interesting uh, exercise. But what we encountered was some folks who... Um, took some liberties with the truth, if you will, mm. and and with great frequency. That's right. And, and, you know, and that ends up being part of the problem is that once you once you tell one lie in a situation like that, <laughs> your credibility sure. goes out the window. Yeah. And, you know, when you, when you first get into this, and I know some people who listen to this program probably are uh, part of in, uh, these paranormal groups or, or whatever, what have you, and that's fine if that's, you know, that's what you like to do. And um, But like you said, the, the, the cost of admission is integrity. Right. And once you do something that questions your integrity, then nothing you do from there on will mean anything. And very soon after meeting some of these people, you start finding out that, you know, a lot of what they're doing is self-serving, looking for publicity. And when we got into this, which was which was in the, uh, the late 2000s, uh, the paranormal industry was, industry was booming. You know, the TV shows yeah. were big, Ghost Hunters was huge, and everybody was starting their own group. And, and it was all a lot of posturing and... and uh, uh, I don't know what you said. Like, well, if you look back at the Ghost Hunters program itself, they they ended up shooting their own selves in the foot and mm-hmm. destroying their credibility as well because, you know, the program, like as as Mike stated, was the the, the height of the height of its popularity. You know, early to mid two thousands, those guys were all over the place. They had several spinoff TV shows, but then they went ahead and tried to do something. They did. I think it was a live yes, program that they right. did, and yep. they were caught red handed. Yeah. Yep. Faking evidence. Yeah, I think it was a chair that moved, but they had like a rope attached to there it. There were some other things, yeah. Something and, like that. And once that happens, oh, that's it, man. forget it. Well, You're done. And, and I think, you, and I think and, and, and I'm not going to quote him, but I know that uh, I think Jason is, the other Jason who was in charge of that program, one of the head guys had said, when they first started doing the show, it was very boring. There wasn't a whole lot going on because in real life, not a lot happens when you go into yep. these supposed haunted locations. 
and it's not very uh, it wouldn't be TV friendly so they had to spice it up of course for television and then what you get is a bunch of people that are creating things and that's and, and it continues to this day what's the what's sure. the one with the big meathead guy that... I'm going to talk a little bit about that later yeah all right okay uh, that's going to be the uh, Ghost Adventures or whatever the heck it's mm. called with that big guy with the huge arms yeah yeah. He's got Bilbo pop, Baggins. Got Popeye arms. Something like that. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. But anyway, yeah, so we had our own group. We had some answers to some credibility issues there. Not with our group. <laughs> not with us personally. Not, not with us. Not Mike no, and I. Not no. Ourselves. You know, um, but some people within it. People within the group, unfortunately, yeah. who will rena- remain nameless at this time. Um, but it's too bad because I, I think some of the people, they, I think they start off with great intentions. But like you said, they try to, a lot of it was trying to get the next television program or mm. the next a good website or whatever and it's it's not a popularity yeah. contest it shouldn't be but that's so we ended up getting backstabbed oh yeah and uh, that was great we, fun. we disbanded and decided to leave and then some of the members went on and go ahead went, went ahead and started their own group yep. hoping for fame and fortune and, and nothing it happened petered out unfortunately that's exactly right so that's basically giving us giving a little background on that so yeah. truth credibility obviously those are things that are very important in any investigation sure um so i think i think we're going to talk a little bit about uh some of those things yeah so <laughs> So one of the things that, and this is within the last, I don't know, 15 years or so, there's been a lot more emphasis on using high-tech gadgetry and technology to investigate ghostly activity, most specifically. And more and more of these things are have becoming available as technology becomes more advanced and cheaper, and more access has been granted to you know normal folk. And some of the paranormal investigative groups have been using uh, some of these devices that we're going to talk about. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what the device is, what it supposedly does, and then what the results of using it are. Some of these things we've used ourselves, and some of them we've seen... You've used, used some of these devices on yourself. I have. Mm. Yeah, we're not going to talk about some of the uh, the electrified ones. Oh. But that's for another day. One of the first things that I want to talk about today. Have you ever heard of a full-spectrum camera? Yes. Okay. Full-spectrum cameras are cameras that are specially designed to be able to capture visible and near-infrared light. Mm-hmm. So... Pictures taken with this type of camera reveal more of the light spectrum and therefore produce more vivid photographs with a lot of detail that's not really possible with regular cameras. Also, shadows in darker areas are enhanced when normally you would only see, you know, like a shadow. You can actually see what's in the shadow. Use of full-spectrum photography. uh, Users usually include fine art, uh, geology, forensics, law enforcement. All those industries use full-spectrum cameras in their work. And some people who do paranormal investigations use it. In ghost terms, people think that ghosts may appear, or spirits or whatever, may appear in pictures taken with this type of camera because according to some theories, ghosts are visible in the IR or UV spectrum and not in regular spectrum. So therefore, using this type of camera will increase the odds of spotting paranormal entities. Now, uh, so-called investigators, a lot of them have one of these cameras. They cost a lot. They're not cheap. Sure. And they talk about them incessantly. (laughs) And they think that this is like the the, 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 the most wonderful thing that's ever existed. We've had some personal experiences with these cameras, and I can't ever remember seeing anything that wasn't no, nothing that we you couldn't explain away. Mm. And again, a lot of groups use them, and they'll say, "Hey, look at this shadow!" I'm like, "Okay, yeah, that's wonderful." It, but I, I, I it, you know, a common theme too with all these uh, bits of technology and equipment. Sometimes people don't even know what they're doing. They don't even mm. know what they're for or how they're using them. Right. It, well, and, and how to interpret the, resu- the, the there, results. There's so many devices and gadgets and stuff. We're not going to talk about all of them today because we wouldn't have time. But like you said, uh, these groups, a lot of them will uh, amass these things and then they'll go, okay, Billy, you take the trifold meter and go run mm. run a scan. Mm. Well, what is Billy looking for? Right. He's looking for 
baseline readings of what? Right. What is and what is his experience with? You know, because I'm not an electrician, mm. so I can't tell you what's normal. Excuse me, as far as EMF readings, as far as uh, what could be causing spikes in electromagnetic energies, right? Uh, what could be causing uh, uh, temperature fluctuations? I can't tell you all those yeah. things, and none of these people can tell you either. And, and here's the thing, too: is like if you're you're out there and you're trying to, um, you know, measure and record minute fluctuations in the environment, would, right. should you be tramping around? <laughs> Smoking cigarettes. Smoking cigarettes, yeah, that's, and, that's a and common one. And popping natty ices and yeah. all this other stuff. Oh, well, that's, yeah, that's, that's you know, we didn't talk about that, but but professionalism and investigation is a lot of times gets thrown out the window by some 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 of these groups. Like we said, I mean, I remember going to one where this, one of the, one of the lead leaders, lead investigator, like you said, was, was drinking natty ice like it was going out of style mm. and smoking bunches of cigarettes and they all go, oh, let's go, go in the haunted house. Nope. Nope. Well, I don't know what you're doing, but... Nope. Doesn't work that way. So full spectrum cameras, eh? I don't know. The, the jury's out on that one. But that's probably the least controversial one that I'm going to discuss. Okay. So this next one, and this is what I, I, I I'm anxious to hear your opinion because you don't know what I'm going to talk about. There's something that's called the ghost box. Ghost box. I've I've seen this. Okay. There's many different variations of this one, but a lot, and they go by a lot of different names. But it's set, in essence, the ghost box is a device that will scan radio stations rapidly. Ooh. The theory is that entities will somehow manipulate radio waves and produce coherent words or phrases in response to questions that you ask. So basically what they do is they turn us on. It starts, you know how like when you do seek on the radio? You know, I was going to mention that. You know, that used to be a fun game that we could play, but we can no longer play it. Why is that? Like, you know when you're in a car and you're on a road trip, you hit the seek button. Oh, yeah. And then the song comes up and you have to guess what it is right away. Yeah. And if you guess it quickly, you Why win. Why can't you play that? Because it, all the songs, they come up on the little digital screen. It oh, it tells you, you who a, it is. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And who's saying what the song is. There's no, no fun. But anyway, the ghost box doesn't stop on a station. It just keeps going. Right. So essentially what's, what they do is they'll turn this thing on. It starts going, you know, as it goes through all the different stations. And they ask questions. And supposedly the ghosts or spirits or whatever can utilize those radio waves and produce a response to your question. So mm-hmm. every once in a while you'll hear a a word like, meh, and then they'll go, oh, see, this is a direct response to yes. what I just, that is complete nonsense in my opinion. Of course you're going to hear phrases well, you are and words. Hear something, but it gets even more outlandish than that because sometimes, I don't know what they're doing or how they're manipulating it, but it'll actually, you know, like you go, uh, uh, what are you doing here, ghost? And it'll be like, I died making flapjacks. And you're like, oh, you're like, how did that happen? Yeah, it's 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 amazing. Well, th- th- I think you're talking about just outright fakery. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. The, but to me, what's he? These people that that turn it on, they go, oh, did you hear that? It said Bill, and you're like, oh, so? And they go, oh, well, Bill must have died here. And it's they, you have to. It requires a lot of. Jumping, jumping to conclusions and reading yeah. into everything that you... Of course, you're going to hear words and phrases. You're listening to tons of radio stations at the same time. People are talking. They're hearing song right. lyrics. And, and you already you already have a... Uh, you know, you're already subconsciously predisposed That's to correct. hearing something. Well, we've talked on this, sh- uh, on this show, I think, before about matrixing. And when you think you're going to see something, you see it. Yeah. You know, if you go into it, like we talked about preconceived notions. If you think you're going to see something, generally you do. Mm. So that's the ghost box. Complete nonsense, in my opinion. Okay. But you can buy them. This next one is very, very interesting to me. Okay. It's called the Boo Buddy. The Boob Buddy? The Boo Buddy. Oh, Boo Buddy. It's a stuffed bear oh. that houses a few different tech devices. <laughs> so I, had a, I, had a, I had a stuffed bear as a child that I was very close to. Did you violate it? Mm-hmm. So it has it. It's a stuffed bear that houses a lot of different uh, tech devices, such as a motion sensor, 
temperature changes, uh, temperature thermometers and stuff uh-huh. like that, and a vid- and an audio recorder. Is this supposed to entice the, well, yes. the spirits of children? That's correct. So ah. here's what you do. That's kind of interesting. You put it in a room and you leave it. So it's basically like a passive investigation tool. Sure. And if something touches it, it'll go, that tickles. So you know that something touched it. Oh, I like that. If the temperature changes, it says, I'm cold or I'm hot. Okay. That's a nice voice. You like that? Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the uh, EMF meter is in there and stuff. And it re- and in, in addition to all those things, it will randomly ask questions out loud. Oh. So it's randomly looking for EVP evidence. Can you buy these things? As a matter of fact, you can buy them. How much are they? I'm going to get one for my son for Christmas. This one uh, costs $160. And I'm not going to tell him. I'm just going to put it in his room. Would you pay, spend $160 on something I like would. That? It sounds, it sounds uh, very entertaining. And as you said before, very incisively, <laughs> it's designed as a teddy bear to entice... Uh, young spirits or ghosts to play with it now my thing is how the hell do you know if it's cold or hot or if it's something what if it's just randomly doing those things Mm. is this a scientific device or is it is it a play well there's a lot of um they put the electronics in there yeah and uh it's scientific just because it has electronics doesn't mean it's scientific jason well it could be i don't i don't i don't buy the boo buddy you don't like boo buddy no it's got a cool name though it invented that do you know you know what? I did find the name, but I'm not going to tell it because I don't remember. Oh, you don't want to give him any credit? No, but I do have... This last one that I'm going to... That's the boo buddy. Okay. The last one that I have is actually the longest piece that I have. Oh. You have a long piece? Uh, right now I do. Okay. Because I'm with you. So this one is probably the most strange one that I've run across, and it's the mo- maybe the most controversial as well. It's called the ovulus. Have you ever heard of this thing? Yes. It's... uh. It's a device that your wife gets into mm. when she's looking to get pregnant, and it stimulates her. No, but that, that would be a good idea for that. Oh. That's a good. That's a good. Yeah, the ovulus. <laughs> so this one is a device that purports to be able to take energy from the environment and translate it into words, which is supposedly coming from ghosts. Oh, so just energy in the ether? Yeah. Okay. So what you do is you turn this this little box. Looks like a you know like an old iPod. Yep. Kind of like big bigger boxy mm. thing, and. You turn it on, and according to proponents of the device, spirits influence it somehow, and it produces words that are relevant to the place where you are, or messages that the other side wants to communicate. However, it just comes out as a word, mm-hmm. or sometimes a couple of words, and it comes out in a robotic voice that sounds like one of those old speaking spells, like yes. it goes, eh, man, eh, man, you know, oh. like that. Letter A. Letter A. Letter B. No, it's even more robotic than that. Oh. Yours sounds like the speaking, yours sounds like the one where it says, uh, you know, they spin the little thing, and it says... The dog says, oh. Woof, woof, woof. Oh. cow says, yeah, that one. moo. <laughs> that was good. Thanks. Anyway, so the the ovulus, it, uh, as I said before, I, I looked into some supporters of this device, and I watched some videos, and I read some reviews, and this thing is really bizarre. So when you're looking at it in, in, in action, mm. it'll say things like mother or <laughs> kid or like just it random just spouts out random words. Of random random words okay. all sorts of randomness so there's major problems with this uh number one the thing comes programmed with around 500 words that's it mm. so it's only going to say one of those 500 words and just that so how is that indicative to what you're doing is it right. it's not it's not just randomly generating any word it's mm-hmm. only randomly generating one of these 500 words that would be impressive if that was the case if just randomly, it, it, it wasn't programmed oh, it to program say anything right. specifically. Sure, sure. So doesn't doesn't it defeat the whole purpose though? If it's if if you can, well, well, then one of the other controversial parts of this, some of the versions of the ovulus, you can program it yourself to say whatever you want. Oh, so you can hook it up to your computer. You could have it say, "Demon, 
devil kill you, you know, oh, that yeah. sort of thing. Yep. Doesn't that defeat the purpose of the whole thing if it's just going to say the words that you just put into it? Well, as playing devil, devil's advocate here, uh, it, the, the spirit is summoning and pulling which word it wants it to, that's to project. That's stupid. Oh. So there's people that swear this thing is real. Many paranormal groups have purchased them from a site called Digital Dowsing. These things are around $350. Okay. Okay. And they've been used on various ghost TV shows. Now here... There's some problems with the device. We need to invent something. We need to get <laughs> like a, a life-size, yes. uh, you know, like a, a pleasure doll. Blow-up doll, yeah. And put some devices in it. Paranormal pad. Not our own devices, others' <laughs> put, put devices. Some of the thing. Anyway, the creator of this device, and here's where I find this to be completely interesting. The creator of this device is a guy by the name of Bill Chappell. Um, and he was approached recently, I think it was last year or year before, by Popular Mechanics. You're familiar with Popular yeah, Mechanics? Yeah, it's a good magazine. A very reputable, scientific sure. yep. magazine. And they were doing a piece about paranormal high-tech equipment. Uh, Bill would not do an interview for them. Mm-hmm. However, he they, and this is pulled right from the Popular Mechanics uh, article. Bill Ch- quote: Bill Chapel also supplies most of the gadgets for Travel Channel's popular paranormal reality show, Ghost Adventures. That's the one with Zach Baggins, and he's one of the most prolific developers of devices in the paranormal field. Um, and because of his close association with the Ghost Adventure show, he's respected within the community. Chapel declined an interview request. Uh, Zach Baggins, the lead investigator of Ghost Adventures, originally did agree for an interview with Popular Mechanics, but changed his mind after communicating with Chapel. However, his was the most interesting to me. Chapel did explain his views on the paranormal in a blunt email to Popular Mechanics mm-hmm. that said, quote, I do not believe in ghosts or spirits. Oh. Okay. The inventor says he's built hundreds of devices and performed countless experiments over the last decade trying to understand the phenomenon of EVPs and instrumental uh, transcommunications. The unmistakable conclusion, he wrote, it's us. We are the ghosts. So what does that tell you? Mm. He, he himself, the person who invented this device, right. doesn't believe in ghosts. Okay. So what? So if he doesn't what believe in ghosts for? and he doesn't know what he's trying to, like, yeah, exactly. I mean, how does he... What are you paying for? Where's he coming up with the idea or the technology or the, the method to... to with for some of these devices, I, because well, that to me that just proves right there that it's it's nothing. Mm. It's a it's a random voice generator, mm. and you're paying three hundred fifty dollars for people to to pretend that they're talking to ghosts. Yeah. So I mean, with that said, obviously, you know, as we as we stated earlier, we're not we're not trying to when anything we talk about, we're not trying to rattle anybody's beliefs. Or you may have you may yourself have some experience with some of these some of these devices, and if you do, feel free to share them with us because we'd like to we'd like to share your stories out there. We're not going to ridicule you. Maybe some of these things actually do have some credibility and do work. Yeah. I personally have never had any experience with any of those. Is there anything else you want to add about that? No, I just wanted to say that, and and it's just a micro. The obvious is a microcosm of of the whole paranormal investigation movement for mm. me because it it's it requires you to make make assumptions and leaps in oh it said mother that means the mother died here and the mother is speaking to me through this box right where they're just making all that up basically so with that said and we, we've had some experience with emf meters yeah um some uh photographic equipment things of that sort and and yeah. to me i think i think the greatest bit of equipment that we that things that we've ever experienced on is a very just simply yep just a uh a handheld digital uh voice recorder yeah i mean the most the most compelling quote-unquote evidence we've ever seen or heard has been on there's a very simple device uh just a voice recorder because it's difficult to it's not high tech really i mm. mean it's it's a, it's recording what's what's happening in the environment and we were sitting there or uh knew that there were let's say for instance and this has happened a couple of times it happened during when we were looking into haunted 
supposedly haunted places, where there would be a lady's voice saying something and there were no women there. And we know that because right. we were sitting right there. And, and, you know, some will say, oh, well, you're just picking up interference in the environment. Well, yeah. just one, I'll give you one specific uh, example of a case that we went on. So we, uh, our group at the time did an investigation in a, uh, a home, uh, an older kind of dilapidated home that was the, the documented site of a uh, murder-suicide. Yes, I remember and that. And only happened within... Uh, a very year, short it was time, like a year before, yeah, of the time like that. that we were in the home. Right. So the home hadn't been lived in. There was really nothing in the home. Actually, there that was, was creepy. There was no electrical service <laughs> there to the was home. No they service. actually removed the panel completely. That's so right. there was no electric, and it was kind of in the country, so there wasn't really anything yep. nearby. Uh, and you know, of course, we set up our recording equipment and things of that sort, and we got a lot of EVPs, uh, electronic voice phenomenon, that evening. Yes. Um, and one in uh, in particular, which was very interesting. Um, once we sat down and reviewed the evidence, and we had to go and uh, go over the evidence with the people that solicited us to do the investigation, and one of the people that solicited us was the sister of the female victim of this murder-suicide, and she got to listen to the EVPs, and she would, and obviously not pre prompted or preempted in any way, and we played these these EVPs for her. Right. And she was very adamant that one that it yeah. was it sounded much like uh, you know people that she she knew, uh, and the male voice that came across uh, yep. said, "I'm sorry about Dawn." Yes, and we didn't know the girl's name right. at the time. That's right. And and it was a male voice saying that basically, and she and, and the sister thought that it was the male apologizing for killing her sister. So that was yeah. pretty powerful moment. That one was yes, and 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 to to add some credibility to that, and a uh, that that person's husband was a. Uh, a police officer, if I remember correctly, who knew both parties. And he himself said, that's the voice of... So-and-so. The guy that did this. The killer. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a very interesting case. And, and again, that that would be one where we would say, is that evidence of spiritual communication? I don't know. To us, it probably seemed like it was. Because mm. it was something that we didn't know going into it and... And we were able to produce after. So. so with all that said, I mean, you know, most people are on a limited budget, but yet still have an interest in this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. If you don't have, you know, the means to go out and buy some of this fancy equipment that is equipment that is unproven, um, go out and just get yourself a, a, a you know, a yeah. decent digital recorder. And uh, that's you know, how we started it. Exactly. And do some do some work with that. And you know what? And, and it hasn't happened in a few years because, you know, we haven't really been into that field. But for a long time, I would get questions from people. You know, I think my house is haunted. What should I do? And I, the best advice that I would give people is start taking pictures of your house. <laughs> start taking pictures in and around your house. Sure. And sometimes stuff comes, and it's free. You know, we, you don't pay for film anymore. I don't even know if you can buy film. Yeah, I mean, straight anymore. digital photography. We've had some success with that yeah. as well. Yep, audio uh, just recordings. regular ca cameras. Audio recordings, regular cameras. Mm -hmm. That's That would get most of your whatever evidence that you're looking for. Exactly. And you don't have to spend $350 on a device that says, Mother, Jason, smelly. Some sort Poop. of stimulating device. Stinky. But anyway. All right. Well, we, we have reached the halfway point of the show. Halfway. When we usually do something fun and exciting and fun. break up the break up the monotony of what is normally not a monotonous show. Mm. Usually a very exciting, exciting show. Exciting. So today, and we discussed briefly horror movies. Uh, we talked about it at the outset of the program. We talked about the Friday the 13th. And amongst all of moviedom... Would you say that horror movies typically produce some of the most ridiculous plots of any type of movie? Would you say that that's probably accurate? I would say because of the, the nature of it, they have liberty to do whatever the hell they want. You can want. do whatever you want. And throughout the years, some of the more entertaining horror movies have been ones that have had kind of a strange plot. Sure. Right? Some things that are going on and 
uh, that you can get away with in a horror movie that you can't get away with in other movies. Now, today we are going to play a game. What's the game called? Does it have a name? Yes, it's called Horror Movie Plot. Oh, how long did it take you to think of that? Wait a minute. Oh, sorry. You interrupted me. Oh, go ahead. ahead. Horror Movie Plot, real or not. Oh, it rhymes. Yes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read to you a very, very brief plot line of a horror movie. Yep. It's going to be on you to tell me if this is a real horror movie that was actually made or something that I made up myself. Okay. Is uh, do I have to come up with the title of no, the movie? No, no, no. You just have to tell me if it's real, real or, or fake. And if it is real, do I, I get will... bonus if I come up with the title. Yeah, if you come up with the title of any of these, I will be astounded. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I'll, and then afterwards, if it is a real movie, I'll tell you the name of the title of the movie and when it was made. And uh, coincidentally, well, actually, no, we have a, a, quite a bit of cross section of when these movies were made. Mm. Uh, but the 1980s specifically was a time where there was a lot of low budget, yeah. crappy movies yep. made, uh, horror movies specifically. So, I'm just going to read you the very brief plot line. You have to tell me if it's real or not. Mm, go. A man suspects his wife of adultery and goes on a killing spree, eliminating all he believes are sleeping with her, but his victims don't stay dead. Fake. That's real. It's called Killing Spree, 1987. <laughs> it had a sexual twist, so I thought it was something you thought of. You know me very well. Mm. Okay. Who was in that? Anybody we know? Oh no, these are, there's nobody. That these we are know all just low budget these. things. These are very low budget movies. Okay, but they are real, and I did check them out to, to, to ensure the integrity of this program. Number two, a group of teenagers find a mysterious cursed disco ball and find themselves dancing uncontrollably with no way to stop except when they die. Ooh, I know that one. That's real. That's called uh, John Travolta and his band of zombies. <laughs> That's made up. I made that one. Oh. Up. <laughs> Good. We should we should look at making disco that. Ball. You should uh, you should uh, you know pitch that movie to a, a studio. It. Well, I am in the Hollywood business. You know this. Okay, here we go. Number three. A student moves into a rundown building in New York City. His bizarre neighbors make a concoction in their apartment that they call wine. But when he drinks it, he turns into a deformed, murderous monster. That's real. That is real. What's the, what's the title? That's called uh, The Wino and Me. Slime City, 1988. <laughs> oh, that was a good year. Oh, so you got one right. You got one right. So you're one for three. Okay, number four. A bowling night turns deadly for a team of teenagers as a deranged serial killer is taking them down one by one. Oh, 710 Split. That's the name of that, and that's real. <laughs> 710 Split? That would be a great name for a movie. <laughs> It's actually a real movie. Yeah. It's called Gutter Balls. <laughs> oh, that's even better. 2008. <laughs> so, you got another one right. Okay. <clears throat> a man awakes from a coma only to learn that the world as he knows it has ended and the earth is ruled by a group of evil, bloodthirsty postal workers. Um, that's real. It's called uh, Cowboy Curtis. No, I don't know. I made that one up. Oh. You don't like postal workers, no. do you? No. Eh. They can be angry. They're not as nice. Are there as anybody out there that works for the postal service? They're not as nice. As why they are they? Be. Why are you so angry? You go in there, you try to easy job. You know, I don't go to the post office often, but no. sometimes I go in there. I try to mail something. Yeah. And they, they don't look at you. They don't smile. Well, they don't, don't greet you, you. The one in my I live in a little town and mm. they're actually pretty nice. And when I go in there with my little one, uh, you know, they give her like a sticker. One time they gave her a beanie baby. Oh, they because they fell off the back of a truck and they, they probably found stole it. it from somebody else. Swept it up off the shop floor. Okay, so I'm not sure how many you got right. Did you get one right? I got one. One out of five. Okay, this is the last one. Ready? Yep. 
a street sweeper who cleans up after grisly accidents, brings home a full corpse for him and his wife to enjoy sexually. But he's dismayed to find that his wife prefers the corpse over him. Mm. That, that's a tough one. That's, uh, it's another sexual one. I'm gonna say fake. That's real. It's called <laughs> Necromantic. Oh. 1987. <laughs> And this one was so good, they had a sequel. Necromantic 2. Necromantic 2? Yeah. Like T-O-O, -O, like also? Or T-W-O? No, I think it was Necromantic, just the, the number oh, 2. Oh, yeah, I didn't do so good there. You're like, no, you got one out of six. There was some good, uh, <laughs> some good plots. It was creative. As you know, you know the, the horror movies can be any about anything. Yeah. Uh, and some of them are just completely ridiculous. You remember the uh, the show, the movie from the 80s, Killer Clowns from Outer Space? I do. I'm, well, I don't like clowns. Generally, I think to kill them, you had to shoot them in the nose or you something. You had to shoot them in their big, bulbous red nose. Yeah, it was scary. And then glitter came out. That's right. It did have a hot chick in it, though. I forget her. I, oh, I, mean, I don't remember the I don't chick know her too name, much. But she, had, she was a very comely young lady. I think that's why I was traumatized by uh, by clowns to this day. Killer clowns might have been. Well, they weren't scary clowns, though. They were like these yeah, but big, they're goofy. It was goofy creepy looking. still. And you know what? The, actually, that movie, they to kill you. They put you in a big cotton candy cocoon. That's right. And they hung you up by a uh, uh, like a candy cane. And then I don't know, like, did you just die of, of starvation or something in there? I don't know. They came back later, like in a. They would come back and, and suck the blood out of That's you. That's right. They'd suck you, suck you. You know, you know, spiders well, you don't. Go, you're going the weird place with that one. <laughs> you know, spiders actually, uh, they don't eat dead prey. You know that, right? Uh, well, no. They paralyze, they paralyze it, right? their victims and cocoon them, mm -hmm. and they just sit there while they're while they're guts, and then they then they uh, suck the guts out. You know, I heard an interesting thing about bugs the other day. Uh, actually, just yesterday, I was speaking to a listener of the program about something else. He's a friend, mm -hmm. uh, and, and he's a big chicken farmer. Well, not, he's not a chicken farmer, but he has a lot of he has a lot of chickens. He has a lot of poultry. He does like a normal job, but he has a lot of chickens. And he told me that the chickens eat lots of bugs in your yard: mm -hmm. ticks, ants. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, they forage around. Yeah, but they, see, to me, that's great because number one, they take they care, take care of all the nasty bugs and whatnot. Yeah, and then they produce what, delicious eggs for you. Yeah, but you know what they what they attract though? No, rats and mice. Oh, I they don't get know in about their, that. They get in their little coops and stuff because they they will eat the scraps that the chickens. So eat. So the chicken's the, not going to eat a, a rat. No, no, no. What do they do? They just run away from the rat. What about the rooster? Isn't it the rooster's job to protect the hens? Doesn't he go out there and kill the, the, the mice? Mouse, yeah, you know, the, ro the rooster, uh, he runs the roost, mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah, anyway. And uh, you like chickens? I do enjoy chicken. Do you enjoy chicken, uh, like chicken dishes? Yeah, well, yeah, of course I like chicken. Do you? Everybody likes chicken. Who doesn't do you, like chicken? You don't have a problem eating meat then? No, I like meat. Do you? I'm a meat man. <laughs> you know what I don't like? And this, this, this goes to kind of something we're talking about too, is that People that get wrapped around, or they get, they become almost uh, like, uh, like they're involved in a cult. Yep. And and veganism tends to be that way. And I'm not I'm not disparaging anybody. If right. You, we, we we never disparage anyone. We never no. um we never judge people well, actually, by. I called call people morons earlier. Oh, did you? Yeah. You you want to live your life the way that you want to. That's fine. I mean, everybody has their own uh, personal preferences and things of that sort. Mm -hmm. I I choose to be an omnivore. Yep. Which is what humans were designed to do, and it can be arguments against that or for that, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I eat meat and vegetables and all kinds of random nuts and things. Nuts and berries. If you're a vegan, that's fine. Yeah. But don't uh, put me down well, because I like to eat meat. That's the, well. That's the or, same or thing. Or preach your religion upon that, well, that's me. The same, I was going to say the same thing as religion. So you could feel free to worship uh, the sun and the trees or whatever you would like. It's none of my business. But when you start enforcing your beliefs on others, that's or these or these gluten free people. Oh, how could you eat that? It has gluten in it. I have a question about. Do you even gluten? know what gluten is? No. And 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 this is a serious. It's just a protein that whole binds food together. That's all it is. This is a serious question. How come thirty years ago? 
No one was allergic to peanuts. No one was allergic to gluten. Nope. No one was allergic to most of the stuff that people... Why is that? Because we're overly sensitive now. But why? And, and, and there has to be a reason. It's just society as a whole for some reason. <laughs> and people get they get hooked into this stuff. They're like, oh, I must eat everything that is gluten-free. Well, Unless you have a gluten intolerance, which a very small segment of the population does. Right. Then you don't need to avoid gluten. Right. As long as you're not eating large pizzas four times a day, you're fine. Yeah. Sorry. I don't, I don't know. Anyway. But this is going to go something, it's going to tie right into something I'm going to talk about later. It's a delicious segue. But anyway, so we're getting gluten. into... I want extra gluten. Getting into uh, credibility issues. And there's some. There's groups of people, there are um, individuals out there that proclaim to have um, supernatural powers. They proclaim oh, to yes. be paranormal investigators, uh, the, the, the paranormal gods, if you will, experts. of the field, experts of the field. Yes. But when you peel the layers back, much like an onion, onion, you find that they're frauds, Yes, unfortunately. And you don't want to say that about people. I would say most people are frauds. Most people in general? No, most of the people who proclaim all those things that you just said. So any any of these people that I talk uh, talk about, Mike, feel free to interject with any knowledge that you have of some of these folks. So the first two... Uh, what are you doing over there? Sorry, I'm heaving what because... What are you doing over there? You brought me this coffee and I think you did something to it. <laughs> I think you put why some you, sort of foreign substance in it. Why do you heave every time you drink or eat something? I That's think not true. Gastrointestinal problems. You know, I got a clean bill of health by the doc the other oh, day. Oh, yeah? Did he stick his finger way up inside he you? He did everything you could possibly do mm-hmm. without me having to call the authorities. And he didn't buy you a drink or nothing? Nope. No. I'm an easy date. Mm-hmm. So anyway, let's talk about Ed and Lorraine Warren. Oh, the Warren. Family. You've heard about them, right? I have. Ed died. Yeah. I don't know. Is Lorraine alive? or Lorraine she's still, is still kicking around, is she? I think. She's yeah. going to be what, like 172? She's, she's pretty old. So you may have heard of them. They're the they were the the gurus of the paranormal field, and yes. they go back a long time, yes. uh, many many years. Actually, as a matter of fact, they started in 1952 when they founded the New England Society for Psychic Research, mm-hmm. and ever since then they've been the go to uh, couple. Oh yes, uh, as far as investigations, famous cases are concerned. Yes, um, and if you are a student of the paranormal and you uh, subscribe to this uh, to these things, then you. Worship at the altar of well, that, Ed and Lorraine Warren. That's it. You you have to you have to bow in reverence to them for some reason. Right. And in the case that we were involved in, or not involved in, but we talked about a few, uh, you know, a while back, which is the Amityville Horror case, which everybody's familiar with mm-hmm. the, the movies and yeah, such. We, we were not involved in that. We weren't involved in it. Um, Ed and Lorraine Warren were involved in that. Yes, they were. And they're the ones that came up with the bizarre theory that it was built on an Indian burial ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that all these things were a result of demons uh, uh, taking hold of uh, Rob DeFeo and ordering him to kill his family and things yes, of that sort. Yes. And that's actually a common theme with them is yeah. that they that they basically tell people uh, they 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 suggest to people that they claim that it's demons that cause them to do something. Right. Uh, and then if they do get in trouble with the authorities, then to claim uh, you know that they're psych, psych uh, uh, you know um, deficient, you yes. know mentally deficient. Yes. And that's that's something Not at that's fault. Ha- Exactly. But we talked to Rick Moran, yes. who was an investigator on that. He was a journalist, yeah. A journalist and an investigator on, on that case. And he said that they were all, it was all poppycock. He did say that. All the stuff that the Ed and Lorraine Warren were talking about. Yes. So another another famous case. Well, before you go, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, you still on Ed and Lorraine? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say another yeah. another famous case that was detailed in their book, which was The Devil in Connecticut. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Is that the one? Uh, yes, I have heard of that It was one. basically a, a teenager named Arnie Johnson who murdered his landlord while possessed by demons. Who doesn't want to murder their landlord? Supposedly. And supposedly the demons, he inherited him from inherited them from a little boy named David Glatzel. Oh. And David's, uh, you know, basically he was given an exorcism by the Warrens. So supposedly 
the Warrens gave this guy an exorcism, and he passed his demons on to the other kid. Right. And the other kid killed the landlord. Mm-hmm. Uh, but David's brother, Carl, uh, basically wound up suing the Warrens on the grounds that his brother was actually mentally ill mm-hmm. um, and had a history of mental illness, and he wasn't possessed, and he actually needed help from a doctor. And because they were perpetuating this myth that he was possessed by demons, unfortunately, Carl never ended up getting, or excuse me, David's brother never, or David never ended up getting the help that he needed from actual doctors because Mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. So according to Carl, the Warrens promised his family that they'd become millionaires if they would insist that the boys had been plagued by demons instead of a completely treatable mental disorder. Uh So as you can see, they're behind the scenes manipulating things. Well... You know, it's funny that you mentioned that you mentioned that case. You mentioned the Amityville Horror case. Now, the Amityville Horror case, as we talked about in detail in a previous episode, has been proven to be false. The people who created the myth have said so. They came out and said, "We made this up. This is all made up." Right. But the Warrens had already gone out publicly and said that it was it was demon uh, caused. So then, what do you do from there? You, you can't really back down from that. Mm. So what they did was they just doubled down on it and and. And, and I'm not sure if you're going to talk about this later, but this that there's kind of a recurring theme with people who claim to be psychics right. in that they have kind of a perfect scam going on. Right. Because they'll, they'll tell you, oh, I can see this, and I can tell you this, and blah, blah, blah. But you can't prove one way or another exactly. what they're, if they're right or wrong. So to them, they can just say, oh, no, I see demons in here. Right. You can't tell them that you, you don't, but you can't prove that they can. So right, it's, it's exactly. A perfect scam. So a, a gentleman by the name of Ray Garten, who is a uh, horror author, worked with with the Warrens, and he's quoted as saying that, or excuse me, he has stated that Ed has said, uh, "All the people who come to us are crazy. <laughs> Just use what you can and make the rest up. Make uh, it up and make it scary. That's why we hired you, basically, because he, he was I helping see. them with one of the with a movie." Based on the haunting in Connecticut, I guess. Suppose. Well, there was a movie called The Haunting in Connecticut. And actually, right, right. The, the Warrens. Are you going to talk about the Conjuring case? No, but you can go ahead. So the the Warrens are actually. You're familiar with the movie The Conjuring, mm. and then there was The Conjuring Two, and then there was Annabelle, and these are all Ed and Lorraine Warren cases. Yes. The Conjuring movie, the first one, was actually very good. I thought it was a great. It was a very good horror movie. It doesn't mean it's real, but it was a good horror movie. And supposedly the events took place in in Rhode Island in Harrisville in the 70s. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the there was a book, and I think it was called House of Light and Shadow or something like that, by the person who lived there. The events that actually took place, that the homeowners claim took place, are nothing like the events in the movie mm. and are completely you know, exaggerated and everything. And that seems to be the, the modus operandi for the, the Warrens, is they'll take something that somebody said, like you said, we'll add, it, add some things, make it scary, and then we can sell it. Right. So to me, that's nothing but uh, charlatanism. Mm. Is that a word? I just created it. You have to say it like this. You're a charlatan. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I didn't mean to clear. Why did my, you just clear your I didn't throat? mean to do that, dude. You're all sorts of problems over there. You got problems. No. Hey, what's up? What, what do you think? Is this a problem? So, I went to a cookout recently. Uh oh. And the 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 host of the cookout had several food items. Okay. All right. This is a summer cookout. This is a summer cookout. Yeah, just yeah. happened. Actually, it was a Fourth of July party. Okay. They had uh, New England clam chowder mm. and a hot vat of chili. Yes. What do you What are your thoughts on this? Should you be eating hot things in the summertime? No, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a, a voice of contrarianism. Whoever hosted that party is completely wrong and erroneous. Now let me tell you why. Chili and New England clam chowder are wintertime foods. No, no, they no, are no, not no. to be consumed in no, the no, summertime. No. You're partially right. No, those are wintertime foods. They are hot. They are soupy. And they are designed to warm you up after a day of working in the fields or chopping wood, 
or going out and uh, gathering hay bales or whatever the heck you do in the fall times. They are not to be enjoyed in the summertime. Why would you eat such a hot thing in the in the in the, the heat of the summer? Well, you're fifty percent right. No, I will I will agree with you that chili chili inherently is a hearty, yes. hot, yes. wintry Winter, dish. Yeah, okay. Best What's consumed it? on a snowy day watching a football game. What is the difference between chili and, and New no, England no, no, clam no, chowder? No, 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 no. New England clam chowder is meant to be what? eaten in the summertime. What are you talking about? It's, it's a summer dish. It's hot and milky. You no, can't no, enjoy no, no. hot milky things You in go the down to the water. You get no, the clam cakes. No, you throw the clam no, cakes to the seagulls. No, no, you overfeed no, them. No. They fall to the ground. They die. No, you're wrong. And you eat clam New chowder. New England clam chowder and chili are the same type of food. No, no. You go down to the beach. Hot, meaty stews that are to be enjoyed. You don't eat. Okay. You you don't eat beef stew in the middle of July, do you? No. No, you eat it in the fall. That's a winter, winter food. Okay, so that's a winter food. New, New England clam chowder. No, it's not. It's the same thing. You, what do you go to the beach? You Chunky have seafood stews. at the beach, don't you? Just like lobster. I'm not going to enjoy lobster in this fall. Why not? Why can't I have lobster at Christmas time? Why are no, you even why arguing is it a summertime this? food? You can't even eat mollusks or shellfish no, of I'm any kind. No, I'm talking about other people. Other people so should enjoy them. So you don't even them. know. You don't even have first-hand experience Other people with should enjoy. I've eaten them before. Other people should enjoy them in the wintertime only. There should be no chili or no, no, no. New England clam nope, chowder nope, between nope. Labor Day, uh, uh, Memorial Day and Labor Day. What if you go to the, the local seafood shack by the ocean? They should be closed. They're going to have New England clam chowder to eat. Well, they're wrong. The red, the white, the clear, any kind you like. Clear? That yeah, is clear yes, chowder. The clear, the clear chowder. Was it made with zima it's or like something like broth. that? It's like just broth. No. It's clam There's broth. No such thing it's as clam broth. clam broth. What are you talking about? Whatever. You're wrong. All right. Anyway. Let's let's shift gears slightly. We're going to leave Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah, let's leave him in the dust. We're going to go to uh, hey, somebody wait, who... Wait. Ooh, that's sorry. refreshing. Go We're going to go to somebody who uh, is more current. And okay. we've seen her on the news. We've seen her on TV. Got her own TV show. She has a gigantic head of blonde hair that she uses as a paranormal microphone to talk to the dead. <laughs> her name is Teresa Caputo. Oh, You've heard of her, right? Caputo. The Long Island Medium. The Long Island Medium, yes. Yes. She can talk to dead people, you know. Oh, she can? Yes. Okay. She claims to have started when she was four years old and has been practicing uh, mediumship for over 10 years, apparently. Mm -hmm. And she has a uh, a reality TV show on uh, TLC Network. Probably not real. Started in uh, 2011. And she presumably uh, is the... uh, you know, the, the most mainstream of the dead people talkers uh, recently. Well, wasn't there a guy named John Edwards? You can talk about him later. So she's much like John much Edwards. Much like John Edwards. Okay. Uh, John Edwards was very famous yes. years ago as well. I think he used to go on Oprah a lot or something. He was, yeah, he started on Oprah, I believe. But they do this thing. It's called cold reading. It's cold reading. And basically what they do is they just, they go out there. They're good at it. Of course. Uh, and they throw things out into the audience. And when you, what you don't see on TV is <laughs> all the mistakes that they're making. Right, they you, don't you, show you that. You really only see the you made one or two mistakes, but then you start seeing the hits, right? Well, there's a there's a there's a yeah, that that's a technique, as you said, called cold reading, where people generally won't remember mm. when you're wrong. They'll remember when you're right, and they try to make the connections for you, right? So that they, whether consciously or unconsciously, so the cold reader will go out there, as you said, starts throwing things out at the audience, and what they're looking for, they're good, they're good at reading people's behaviors, right? Uh, nonverbal behaviors, as as some people are. And speaking of investigators and, and, and interviewers and interrogators, that's what they do. They're looking for uh, subtle, you know, body movements and facial fa- uh, facial movements and stuff. And they're looking for. I'm just throwing a whole bunch of crap out there. I'm looking for the person that reacts at it. Now I'm going to zero in on you because you're the one that when I said uh, Maria, Maria is a very common name. Oh, I like Maria. I, I have a very good friend named Maria. Was she into ASMR? Maria. No. Anyway, so as I said before, so uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail what you were saying. Go ahead. No, no. Basically, what what you can garner if you watch these shows, instead of watching the psychic, 
Watch the audience reaction instead. Right. Because the camera will pan around and you will actually see, you can actually see people's wheels turning in their brain. Yes. Trying to make the connection. Because they want to To what she's saying. And then eventually you'll see a hand slowly kind of emerge (laughs) from the crowd. Right. It's not like an immediate, she doesn't like, she's not looking at 300 people and then walks out and picks one. Right. That's not how she does it. Correct. She's looking for, you know, your response. Right. And, And you know what a mentalist is? You ever hear that term? Yeah. Okay, so recently I went to see a show, uh, Chris Angel, Mind Freak. Oh, what a, what a great uh, First of all, uh, entertainer he is. Very, very, uh, yeah, I'm not going to talk about Chris Angel because he's, he's great. A wonderful entertainer, wonderful magician. But there was a guy that, it's like an opening act for him. Yes. Uh, who's a mentalist, and he does something, he doesn't claim to be a psychic, he doesn't claim to be a, have any type of paranormal abilities, but mm. he does exactly what you just said. And he comes out and he... Is looking for body movements. He's looking for face, and he's an expert at that. Right. And so he looks like he has paranormal abilities, but he's he, he's just using what you're giving him. So he he's basically proving that the cold reading actually will work. Of course, cold reading does work. Right. And if you come off as saying you're psychic and you start making these these connections, yeah, it looks it looks impressive. Sure. All right. So let's jump to a gentleman called Peter Popoff. Have you ever heard of him? Uh, no. Does he create? Did he create uh, pop tarts? No, but he's a he's a televangelist and a faith healer. Oh, and these guys are probably worse. Those in are my the worst opinion, of the worst. Worse than Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yes, uh, and people like that because because they're preying on somebody who has faith, who has a faith in a religion and faith in God and all this stuff, and is so, also usually sick or, or in need of something. Exactly. So we're not you know we're not trying to dispel or or dismiss anybody's belief systems or anything like that. <clears throat> that's not what we do here on the program. What we're trying to do is shed some light on people that are taking advantage mm-hmm. of other people and their their nonsense and their tomfoolery. If you go on YouTube, type in Peter Popoff okay. and watch this guy. He is, he's out of control. <laughs> I mean, the stuff that he comes up with, the stuff that he does, he's healing people, he's making people walk does out he, of wheelchairs. Does he lay the hands on folks? He lays hands, he screams like a cartoon character. I'm going to look this guy up. Oh, he's in, he's in, he's incredible. He, he apparently, uh, uh, you know he he dances like a like a malfunctioning robot. He does all kinds of crazy okay. stuff. But anyway, uh, he he'll even tell people, "Oh, I have miracle money, and it's going to be transferred miracle into your money. account supernaturally." Get out of here! And uh, th- uh, basically, his abilities were so unbelievable that in the '80s, you've heard of James Randi. Oh yeah, the Amazing Randi. The yes. fam- well, he was a he he's a debunker. Right, he's a famous skeptic. Yes. So Randi infiltrated one of Popoff's uh, <laughs> faith healing. Uh, Revivals, apparently. Okay. And monitored the airwaves, discovering that Popoff's wife was feeding him information uh, about the audience through a wireless earpiece, which reminds me of Fletch. You remember Fletch? Fletch, yes. With um, Chevy Chase? Yes. And it had an, a young Arlie Ermey in it as the pastor. Do you remember that? I don't remember Arlie Ermey being in it. Yes. Was he, he really? He was the pastor of this church. And oh, the same thing happened. He had oh, an earpiece oh, oh. in. Okay. And somebody backstage was feeding him information. Well. And Fletch found out about this, and then he started feeding him random information into his <laughs> earpiece. Well, you know, there was a movie called uh, starring Steve Martin. I think it was called Leap of Faith, mm. which which detailed the uh, kind of a similar, like a faith healer thing. Right. And I think Deborah Winger was in it. Which I had a thing for Deborah Winger back in the wasn't 80s. she an officer and a gentleman? She was, yes. Right. And anyway, in in the movie when there was like a revival, like a tent revival, right? And when when people used to come to see this faith healer on their way in, they would get pulled. Random people would get pulled aside by the workers, and they go, "Oh, why are you here today?" Mm. And they would record where they sat down, and as mm. you said, they would be feeding information to the guy. And then he would miraculously know what was wrong with you. Right. It's all a scam. Well, it, what Popoff would do is, as you came into one of his, uh, you know, his his gatherings, mm-hmm. he'd make you fill out uh, something called a prayer card. Of course. And so the prayer card had your name, address, 
Uh, you know, where you're from, and basically any medical issues that you had. And that was the prayer card. Why would he need that? <laughs> well, so he could pray for you. Oh, he needs that, huh? And then the wife would get it. Because God would, doesn't know where, yeah, what's wrong with She would pass on the information to him. But sure. Anyway, so he was exposed as a fraud, obviously. So you think he would uh, disappear into, into, uh, you would think. into the ether, but unfortunately he didn't. And uh, he basically only gave him some other ideas <laughs> to, uh, to basically uh, beguile desperate people. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came up with a scheme that was basically uh, sells debt-curing prayers for regular installments of cash. Of course. That gradually increase over time. So people who participated in this would, uh, would they would be an amazing, uh, they would receive holy... Uh, uh, holy money. Holy uh, debt-curing talismans, bottled, uh, special magical bottled water. Uh, pictures of things with money on it and things of that sort. And it would magically give them money. Exactly. So they got to spend money to make money. That's right. Okay. So Peter Popoff. Boy, that sounds great. Not a not a, uh, not a a good man. No. And as you said, preying on people who are who are believers, uh, that's the lowest of the low. Right. And, you know, actually, uh, just just quickly, there was there's a gentleman, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, his, his name is called John of God. Uh, and he's a Brazilian faith healer. No. And supposedly this guy's real. People fly from all over the world to go there and there's... Okay. A, is, uh, and he lays hands on people and he cures people. I don't know much about it, but I heard it's uh, he's a pretty interesting character. Oh, right. does he charge you money? I don't think so. Well, you know, that's that's the other thing. We're just making the full circle around to the paranormal world and, and paranormal investigations, just in the limited time that we were doing it many years ago, uh, some of the people that would call you and, and want, want our group to do an investigation there was not because a lot of them were just because they had you know weird stuff going on in their house but some of them wanted you to tell the the world that their place was haunted for monetary gain right like for instance we ran into a lady who was turning uh, her old house into a restaurant and she wanted us to say that it was haunted so that she could market it as a haunted restaurant sure so that's the same type of thing you know they don't really care about the truth they want it's it's all for money that's right the last thing i want to talk about and this this has nothing to do with the paranormal however it's it, it well i guess it kind of does in a way so it does it does it does kind of have a bit of a paranormal tie in and it goes to as we stated earlier people who people who latch on to these strange beliefs mm-hmm. and in this case it actually causes people some harm so it's a group of or, or a, a belief system and they're called these people are called breatharians. Have you heard of this? <laughs> no. And bre- breatharians meaning from breath, like breathing. Yeah, but it sounds like something like a like a dangerous sexual practice that people could be. Into. Ugh, I'm a breatharian. I'm a breatharian. Let me hold my hand over your mouth. <laughs> uh, going going back page or Craigslist. Uh, I'm looking for some breatharians to uh that's, that's a risky, to frolic about with. Risky behavior. No, these are people who believe that all the nutrients and sustenance that you need comes from the air around you. And and I'm assuming that they all die within uh, a couple of weeks of ad- adhering well, to this. Well, that's the interesting that's the interesting part of this, right? So there's people that claim that they don't eat or drink ever. And the only times that they ever eat or drink is like maybe if they're in a social setting and they kind of want to fit in and uh, that sort of thing. But they rely on chi and they rely on energy, the energy of the earth and mother earth. And you know, all these this is different... physically impossible. Well, not what, to the, not according say? to these people. Okay. Uh, they, they think that you don't have to eat or drink as long as you're in the right state of mind. Okay. So they did a... One of these ladies that proclaims to be a breatharian. She was closet eating. <laughs> exactly. So she she proclaimed this and claimed that she lived by this this mantra. She had cheeseburgers in her pockets. So they what did they do? They monitored her for a couple days. Of course. And she didn't eat or drink anything. For a couple but of days. By, but by, after the two or three days, the interviewer came in and goes, you look like you're going to die. Yes. And she did. She looked horrible. Yeah. And he's, she's like, no, I feel great. No, it's oh, great. Oh, my God. Sure. 
This is oh. what I always look like. But but it has actually caused some people to get sick and some people to die because yes. they follow the word of these of these folks. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it comes from the Eastern uh, tradition religions. You know, where fasting is mm-hmm. uh, is part of their thing, but they don't fast forever. She's got this big purse with a bunch of chicken nuggets in it. And she's it, like, I'm just gonna go to the bathroom. And there there is some <laughs> scientific there is some scientific uh, evidence that um, you know. Intermittent fasting can be helpful and can be hel- uh, a healthy uh, thing to do um, the way that your body reacts to not having food for short periods of time, but okay. not for prolonged periods of time. Right. There was a pregnant lady on that says she doesn't eat or drink. She was like eight months pregnant. She says she's, she hasn't eaten oh, or drank in years and years and, and everything is fine, but yet they but yet they they look like normal people. So clearly they're getting some sustenance from somewhere. Right. And they claim it's the air around them. Again, so don't do that. You can't really adhere to this religion for long because you'll die. Don't do that. So humans are meant to eat just like every other animal in the animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. You have to eat food. It's, and you have to go poo. You have to poop. That's mm-hmm. why we have stomachs. We have lungs to breathe air. Everything poops. Everything. Most things. Everything. Every living. Hot chicks don't. No. Well, no, you they... never see them. It's like, it's like a unicorn. That's like, right. You don't see the, the you don't see hot chicks going poop. You look at, at the hottest of chicks and you just can't see her sitting on the bowl squatting a grumpy. No. And pushing hard and making noises and no. smelling up the joint. But thank you for ruining everything. Ah. Anyway, anything else you want to add today? Nope. Although I hope we didn't piss we, anybody off. I don't think we're. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna make any any fans with the paranormal. But again, we've. It's not like this is new. We've talked about some of this before because it's, it, it. We've had a lot of negative experience right. with people in that. Some people are great. Mm. They're usually pretty nice paranormal folks. And here's the thing: don't take this the paranormal stuff as religion. Right. Okay. Look at it from a objective point of view. You don't just because somebody says something, you don't have to latch on to it and think that it's actual gospel. Right. Okay, you can go one way or the other. Like Mike and I said, we believe in this stuff, but what we're trying to do is bring truth to it and allow credibility to uh, to take take the forefront on this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and we're probably not going to have a show next week. We're not going to have a show next week because we're on hiatus uh, for a week. Uh, I, I am leaving tomorrow yep. for a week-long adventure. Ooh, adventure. A, 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 a secret location that I shan't tell. Un- undisclosed. Uh, maybe I'll do a live Remote. feed mm. from wherever I am, We're and you guys can you. guess we where I want, am. We don't want any fans approaching you on your off time. And I'm going to meet up with the Breatharians, <laughs> and we're going to strip down and oil each other up nice. and choke each other to death. Okay. That's all. Anything else? Just remember, the truth exists. Believe it. <laughs> <laughs>